Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Tom Hartman Program. And greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth and justice, believers in peace, freedom and the American way. Breaking news right now, which is pretty startling, is that Donald Trump's personal valet. Now, this is a guy who works for the Navy. This is the guy who comes into the presidential suite every morning and lays out the president's clothes and helps him get dressed and brings him his hamburgers from McDonald's and, uh, you know, make sure that his TV is adjusted to Fox News and the volume is the way he likes it and brings him bonbons and, and candy, uh, can, uh, caramel corn when he's demanding it as he's sitting there watching Fox News, brings him, maybe even holds for him his cell phone while he types out his little tweets. Or maybe this is the guy that Trump dictates them to if they're done on a laptop or something like that. But anyhow, he's uh, testing positive for COVID. And uh, I'll just leave that right there. <laughs> Meanwhile, Dr. Deborah Burks, you know, the, the, the scarf lady, she and uh, Anthony Fauci have been the two more or less reliable voices of reason. She has a tendency to fall into the, you know, suck up to Trump uh, rhetoric more frequently than Fauci. But nonetheless, I mean, they're both reasonable, credible scientists, or at least they were credible before they were contaminated by their association with Donald Trump. But I think that they're both actually trying to do the right thing. And she asked the CDC to compile a list of guidelines that could be used by hospitals, that could be used by restaurants, that could be used by hair salons, that could be used by big box stores, just right across the board, every kind of business. It's 17 pages long that says, here are the things that you have to do if you want to reopen. Just very straightforward stuff with restaurants, for example. You, you, you don't no longer have buffets because then, you know, with a buffet, I come along and pick up the tongs and take some cherry tomatoes and put them on my salad. I set the tongs down, which are now contaminated with my COVID if I had it. And then you come along behind me and pick up the tongs and now you've got COVID all over your hands, right? So do away with salad bars and all that kind of stuff. Just as a, for example, well, even that provision is gone. In fact, the whole thing is gone. It's been deep-sixed. It was supposed to be published last Friday, and the White House has basically been sitting on this saying, nah, not going to happen. The Associated Press here uh, saying it's never going to see the light of day. Uh, This, uh, the AP said that angry scientists were told the guidance would never see the light of day. That was the phrase that was out of the White House, although it has been leaked. (laughs) 
<laughs> Why? Why don't they want this guidance? Because it's a slippery slope. You know, once you start regulating, this is, see, this is where the libertarianism of Charles Koch and his other right-wing buddies comes in. These guys literally believe that the less government you have, the freer society is and the better things work. Now, they probably wouldn't say that about police, and police are doing essentially the same thing that government does, you know, regulating behavior. Anyhow, that's what they believe. And so, obviously, if, if, you, know, if you want the government to stop regulating big oil refineries and, and let them be more profitable and pump more poison into the air, then, and then you, know, you draw a line in the sand. No more regulation. And this is just a form of regulation in their mind. And the White House is going along with it. And the Republican Party is going along with this. Um, a source told CNN at CDC, this is somebody at CDC, quote, we are getting used to dealing with a White House that asks for things and then chaos ensues. Trump says, I want to see the new normal being what it was three months ago. I think we want to go back to where it was. I want to go back to where it was. That's what we're going to be. That's where we're going to be. This is Trump. Okay, Donald. Actually, Trump has succeeded in some regards in taking us back to three months ago. He's done it in large part by massive testing. They've got these 15-minute tests over at the White House. Every person who comes into the White House gets tested every morning when they show up. Trump and Pence get tested. When Trump went to that Honeywell plant, the reason that he and the executives were able to sit around and talk to each other without masks is that every single one of them was tested. Anyone who got within 50 feet of the president was tested. Anyone who knew someone who was going to get within 50 feet of the president was tested. They've got all kinds of test kits over at the White House. They offered to test the Senate. Pelosi and McConnell said, and I think this was a mistake, frankly, but they said, no, no, those should go to hospitals. Well, they're not going to go to hospitals. Trump is going to use them to test his buddies when they come over to have hamburgers with him in the afternoon and watch Fox News. Now, if these tests were widely available, I'm sitting here all alone in my house or, you know, Louise is downstairs. I'm upstairs in, in, in an old bedroom converted into an office in my office. And uh, this is, you know, it's, it's the two of us. And we very much miss our kids and our grandkids. And in particular, we've got a two-year-old grandson, and Louise is like going nuts. She wants to hang out with him. She wants to hold him. She wants to read to him. He's constantly asking for her, so she's doing FaceTime conversations with him every day. If we had test kits, my daughter and her wife and their son could all be tested, Louise and I could be tested, and if all five of us are negative, we could get together and have a party. We could go to a restaurant where they test the entire staff every day if we had test kits like the White House has. We could go to a retail store where they test people at the door. They tested all their employees, and they require you to test yourself before you come. And come, you know, bring your little test kit showing the, the purple stain, showing that you're clear or whatever it may be. If we had test kits, we could be as free and open as the White House is. But no, the White House says you can't have those test kits and you have to open back up. I mean, this is, this is just crazy. This is what they're calling for is to kill grandma. 
And on top of that, I mean, over the years, it's been well documented that the Trump crime family has just run a huge variety of frauds and grifts. I mean, the New York Times documented how Donald and his sister made off with hundreds of millions of dollars from their father's estate. And you and I got stuck with the bill. They scammed the IRS. Numerous stories about, you know, Kushner's sisters selling green cards to Chinese people if they bought Kushner or Trump properties. Trump's daughter, Ivanka, and his sons lying to potential investors in New York City say, oh, yeah, this is all sold out. You're going to get the Larry, you know, very. Uh, these guys are hustlers. They are grifters. So what do they do? They set up a task force to get protective equipment and vaccines and personal protective equipment and tests, put grifter Jared Kushner in charge of this thing. And he back, he packs it with young interns from hedge funds. In other words, grifters in waiting, grifters in training. And now this grift has expanded into this uh, dangerous and potentially deadly anti-lockdown movement being funded by authoritarian right-wing billionaires like Betsy DeVos. Running a grift to make money is, you know, kind of an old thing. Even a, running a grift to acquire political power like Trump did to become president. Nothing new. But running a grift where you empower and turn loose on America a group of well-armed wannabe Nazis? That carries a real deep and lasting threat of damage to both our society and our form of government. I mean, many of these people are calling for a boogaloo, their new race-based civil war. We saw this movie back in the 1860s, and it's not one we want to repeat. Trump's very fine people need to be marginalized, not used to promote this grift. They need to be pitied, condemned, and socially ostracized for the traitors and pathetic America haters that they are. I don't think this is going to end in November. I think this is going to be lasting damage. Do you think so? This is the Tom Hartman Program. I think it's going to take at least a decade for this country to recover from Trump. What do you think? On the line with us is Stephen Hassan, an expert on undue influence, brainwashing, and unethical hypnosis. He's the author of three books, Freedom of the Mind, Combating Cult Mind Control, and most recently, The Cult of Trump. Freedomofmind.com is his website. His Twitter handle is Cult Expert. And Steve, welcome back to the program. It's great to have you again. I'm curious what you are thinking about where we're at right now with regard to the cult of Trump. What exactly is it? Who are the people who buy into it? How are they held in thrall to this? Uh, What's going on with us? I'm very frustrated that the messaging of what I wrote about in my book has not gotten as wide exposure as I thought it would get on all levels. What has happened since it came out is the term cult of Trump is used regularly by lots of people. But people don't understand that this actually is a framework that will guide us, if people do the deeper dive into the material, a framework that will actually get us out of a long-term mess. Even if Trump is not reelected, Trumpism is not going to go away. And with COVID-19, once we have a vaccination, there will be people who've been programmed to believe that vaccinations are bad and we'll take guns and we'll march on others. 
So we really need to understand the psychology of undue influence versus due influence. And we need to understand the powerful cult groups that are in the cult of Trump influencing Donald Trump and who have millions of followers who are his devotees. So can you help us understand those things by giving us some details and specifics? The COVID pandemic creates an opportunity to educate everyone about how science works and the value of experts. And one of the main things that I wrote about in my book was something called the fourth generation warfare, which is psychological operations aimed at confusing, overwhelming, delegitimizing people and institutions, which is what Trump has been doing with the people he's put into place in his administration. For example, assigning someone to be head of EPA that doesn't believe in the EPA or putting someone in charge of education who doesn't believe in education. What We also have an incredible opportunity now because so many people are getting ill and unfortunately dying that I think there's an opportunity if family members and friends reconnect with their family and, and loved ones who are Trump supporters and true believers, stop calling them you know, names or saying they're stupid or brainwashed cult members and start building bridges and expressing condolences and compassion, for example, if one of their uh, pastors dies of COVID, even though the pastor had previously said, you know, it was a hoax. It's an opportunity for people to come together. That said, I want your listeners to understand there are very powerful cult dictatorships like Putin's, groups like The Family that Michael Pence is a member of, two great books by Jeff Charlotte who were written about that in the Netflix docuseries on The Family. This is a group that's been influencing politics in Washington for 80 years that people need to know about. Opus Dei, which is an ultra-right-wing Catholic cult. And the most concerning is a body of followers called New Apostolic Reformation. And this can include many megachurches where the leader claims to be an apostle or a prophet of God who gets direct revelations, that speaks in tongues, casts out demons, does faith healings. And it's those folks that many of them are saying we can't stop meeting in public and so what if people die they'll go straight to heaven and not give in to satan and they are completely indoctrinated in this black and white all or nothing good versus evil mindset that following trump is doing god's will and questioning trump and his policies is satan so we well, really now, need now, a, a heightened voice of Christians to speak out against these cultic groups. Franklin Graham, Billy Graham's son, who's making $800,000 a year from his charity, which if you divide it by 12, you know, it comes out to every month he receives $66,666.66, which is totally weird. <laughs> but in any case, he just posted on Facebook to his 8.5 million Facebook members, each of us will have to meet death. We need to go on with living our lives and doing our work. Fear and anxiety can be detrimental to your health as well. No matter how negative the reports are from the media and 
liberal politicians who want to use the coronavirus to destroy President Donald J. Trump. If we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we don't have to be afraid. Keeping the economy shut down is doing more damage to people's lives than COVID-19. Franklin Graham, you know, this, this uh, extraordinary hustler writes, A, he's definitely not his father. But B, I mean, isn't this exactly what you're talking about? Yes, exactly. And Falwell also, is, son, is another one of these people that is promulgating this black and white, all or nothing, good versus evil, and saying, do what I say, because God has empowered me to lead you all. Instead of conscience, instead of realizing that true faith involves questioning and not being coerced, I definitely believe as a mental health professional and as someone who is spiritual that in order to practice religious faith, one needs to be able to have the capacity to think analytically and critically, to entertain questions and ask challenging questions to leadership and hold them accountable, which is when we're listening to Trump, anyone in his administration concerned about the safety of the American people or people who are concerned about the Constitution or the rule of law are being ousted and and loyalists are being put in, in their places. And this is very upsetting because it's portending that there will be authoritarianism as time goes on. Well, he seems to be running his administration in an authoritarian fashion. He gets rid of anybody who tells the truth or says things he doesn't like. Yeah, exactly. And tax the media, as all dictators or would-be dictators do, because they want to control information. And the bite model, which you reference in your reading, stands for controlling people's behavior, information, thoughts, and emotions. And without an independent, vigorous media, People are going to be easily manipulated and indoctrinated and controlled. Stephen Hassan is the author of The Cult of Trump. Freedomofmind.com is his website. You can tweet him at Cult Expert. Steve, thanks so much for dropping by today. Thank you for having me, Tom. My pleasure. Great talking with you. This is the Tom Hartman Program. So in your experience, are the Trump supporters that you know cult members or just misinformed? How do you think this is playing out? Mary in Addison, Illinois. Hey, Mary, what's on your mind today? I want to talk about the lethal threat of the sociopaths who have infested our political systems and what to do about it. First, I need to define sociopath. A sociopath is a human who preys on and parasitizes other human beings the way cancer cells parasitize the rest of the body. The genus And does not have empathy. Oh, I'm getting to that, let me tell you. The genus sociopath is defined by having no empathy, high sadism, emotional poverty, and I add money addiction. There are three species Hmm. in the genus sociopath, malignant narcissist, Trump, Machiavellian, Putin, and psychopath, Ted Bundy. And I must define emotional poverty. Sociopaths have only three basic reptilian emotions, gratification slash pleasure, anger slash frustration, and fear. They lack all the higher 
social emotions, such as compassion, conscientiousness, cooperation, friendship, and love. And on the negative side, they lack guilt, shame, remorse, contrition, or embarrassment. Now, the key point I want to make is that to deal with sociopaths, you must first accept that sociopathy is not a choice, nor is it a mental illness. It is a biologically based strategy for obtaining resources, just as is being a wolf or a cancer cell. And because reason did not put that behavior into place, reason cannot remove it. The usual social mechanisms of persuasion, negotiation, and compromise do not work with sociopaths, Mitch McConnell, and neither does punishment, either social or physical. They don't care. And don't care is the leading diagnostic criterion for sociopathy. Now, why should we care? Because sociopaths are murderers. They prefer to kill slowly and at long distance through deprivation, neglect, and endangerment, but kill they do. Poverty, pollution, disintegration of infrastructure, contamination of food and drugs, all the work of sociopaths who steal and hoard resources, not just because they need them, but to keep them away from you. Now, in hunter-gatherer societies, intractable sociopathy is dealt with by exile or execution, but I suggest first we do physical testing like MRI, etc., to definitively detect the sociopath. We're not going to have any filtering process here, Mary. We, we have to learn how to identify these people. Exactly I just uh, right. actually well, just last it. week was rereading Bob Altmyer's book, The Authoritarians, which is all about these sociopaths. Anyhow, back to you. You wanted to finish your point, and, and then I got to move uh, along, Mary. Please wrap it up. Well, my, my point is that all behavior is biologically based. We can detect these behaviors through biological means, including galvanic skin response and electroencephalograms paired with a program of stimuli. One thing about sociopaths, because they lack the higher social emotions, they flatline on EEGs and GSRs, and their lack of response is diagnostic. Also, if you know the MO of the sociopath, we can detect them just by looking at their behavior. Well, that was my point, and and I think anybody should be able to look at Donald Trump and say, this guy is a sociopath, period, full stop. We need to clean up our society. Thank you for the call. Excellent points all. Pat in uh, Juanita, Nebraska. Hey, Pat, what's up? Hey, yeah, you said it right. God bless your heart. Good job. Okay, the U.S. has only 4.25% of the world's population, but we have 25% of the world's deaths from coronavirus. How in the world can anybody defend that, and why aren't we screaming that? I think we have too many numbers out there. Everybody gets all confused in the graph and the number, whatever. But we should have like 4.25% of the world's deaths. But no, sir, we've got 20, we've got a quarter. Okay, I'm screaming. Yeah. Oh, How can anybody defend that? that? I'm sorry. I agree with you. Like, I'm, I'm, I try not to scream at people I love and my family and yeah. you and stuff. And But oh, my God. Why are we oh, let me tell you where, let me, let me take this to the next step. I mean, this is because, Pat, what you're following on is is the rant about sociopathy from the, you know, the previous caller. I think it was Mary, yeah. but uh, whatever her name was. I got this email from FreedomWorks, which is the group that was promoting the Tea Party back in the day that was originally started by, out of, it came out of a group that the Koch brothers started. It's addressed to Barney Rubble. Barney, I got big news. Stephen Moore has expanded his role at FreedomWorks to serve as the chairman of our task force on economic revival. He's eager to help us reopen America and get our economy booming again. 
Uh, please let Stephen Moore know by filling out our quick Reopen America survey. Now, this is where you, you, know, you get to their website. Uh, by partnering with Stephen Moore and FreedomWorks Grassroots Network, we're going to change the national conversation about reopening the economy and putting America back on track to economic prosperity. That's the rant, right? You click on this stuff, you fill out the survey, which I did this morning, and then it takes you to a page at freedomworks.org of upcoming events. Reopen Wisconsin, 1 p.m. at the Capitol. Community Rally, 1 p.m. Milwaukee. Capitol Rally, Lansing, Michigan. Operation Queen's Castle in uh, Lansing, Michigan. Uh, a rolling rally. Open Georgia Gridlock in Atlanta. One in Augusta, Maine. One in Columbus, Ohio. One in Frisco, Texas. One in Springfield, Illinois. One in Hobbs, New Mexico. Phoenix, Arizona. Washington, D.C. Chicago. Salem, Oregon, which is the capital city, Carson City, Nevada, and Brookfield, Wisconsin. These guys are actually holding rallies today and encouraging people to go out to these rallies, which means encouraging people to go out and get themselves infected, which means encouraging people to go out and die. So you wonder why we've got all these deaths? We've got all this stupid. But it's not just stupid. This is funded by billionaires who want to own everything. Last word, Pat. Please don't drink Trump's Kool-Aid. There you go. And don't drink his bleach either. Thank you, Pat. Thanks for the call. Uh, Yeah, we are a little less than 5% of the world's population. We have a quarter of the world's deaths from COVID. That tells you everything you need to know about Republican leadership in this country. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Charles in Lehigh Acres, Florida. Hey, Charles, what's up? I'm a little confused about Trump and his leadership. When he was running for president, somebody asked him if he was a good leader. His response was yes. They then asked him why. He said, because when I tell people to do something, they do it. So I guess on that basis, that's why I like Kim Jong-un and maybe uh, Jim Jones. I I just don't understand how he thinks. I just I, I don't understand it. He thinks like a little dictator. His father was an autocrat. He's an autocrat. He's been insulated by, by the enormous wealth. You know, he took over $400 million from his father and his father's estate, much of it through naked tax fraud, as the New York Times has laid out. And as Letitia James, you know, the attorney general for New York, is looking into right now. There's a, a famous story, and I don't know if it's apocryphal or not, and I think it's attributed to Winston Churchill. It might have been one of the uh, other military leaders during World War II. But basically, this military leader was saying, this general was saying to Churchill, well, the men won't do what I tell them to do. And Churchill took a string and threw it on the table and said, push that string across the table. And the guy said, I can't do that because you can't push a string, right? And Churchill said, as I recall, and again, I said, check this quote, but Churchill said, no, you can't push it. You have to pull it. You can't order people to do what you want and expect them to always do it. You have to set an example. You have to offer leadership. Leadership is pulling people, not pushing people. And apparently, Charles, based on the anecdote you shared with us, that's something that Donald Trump does not understand. Shay in Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, Shay, what's on your mind today? The people that support Trump are the ignorant and the evil, and both are dangerous. First of all, you have to continue to call out Trump and say he must resign. Mm -hmm. If the Republicans had the amount of information and the facts and the truth about something, and they don't even need the truth, as we know, 
But if they had the information that the Democrats hold in their hands, they would be singing this song every day. And so what he's doing is the exact opposite of what a president, a leader, someone with compassion, caring, would be doing. He is doing the exact opposite. It's almost as if it were a plan. I'm not a conspiracist, but if you look at every single thing that has been done from his him dismantling President Obama's pandemic entity, the agency he had set up, and then he lies and says that it left him with nothing. That is not true. From him allowing the maintenance contracts to expire last August on the national supply of ventilator machines in September in China, dismantling the pandemic response team over there, ignoring it from November to February, the warnings and also the models that were done. I mean, and even now, pulling down the COVID response team. So you tell me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shay, I've, yes, I have seen a number of uh, you know posts on message boards and in media, and progressive media by and large, suggesting that, or asking the question, if a foreign leader who was hostile to the United States basically owned Donald Trump because he and his buddies had loaned him hundreds of millions or even billions of dollars over the years, and basically said to Trump, okay, you're president now, I made you president now, you will destroy America, that's your job. You know, and Trump has destroyed most of our regulatory agencies, there's thousands and thousands of unfilled jobs at the the senior levels of administration throughout the United States. He's fired or laid off tens of thousands or thousands anyway of scientists. We have the country in shambles. I mean, it's, it's hard to say that that's just a crazy theory, Shay. What do you think? Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. I think it's possible. Beginning. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Just head over to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. NetSuite.com slash Hartman. That's NetSuite.com slash Hartman. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you 
where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. So Bot Sentinel is a company that tracks bot activity on the internet. Shay and I were just talking about possibility, and I'm not asserting this. I'm just saying that I, I'm hearing this question being asked more and more in progressive media, callers to this program, etc. If you had a president of the United States, and this is basically the Manchurian candidate scenario, if you had a president of the United States who was deeply in debt to a foreign country that was relatively hostile to the United States, and they helped make that man president, and then they said to him, okay, your job is to destroy the United States. And so that president then dismantled large parts of the federal government, dismantled big chunks of the national security apparatus and put hatchet men and hacks in charge of national security. And we just saw that yesterday in the Senate presided over a national response to an epidemic that led to the death of ultimately hundreds of thousands of Americans that threw 30 million people onto unemployment, that left the country in shambles, that defunded many of the country's social programs, that withdrawing from the international efforts to deal with climate change, including the Paris Accords, step after step after step of all these ways that 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 president worked to destroy the United States of America. You know, is that a possible scenario? Or is it more likely that Trump is just bumbling through this stuff? Or is it what Stephen Hassan is saying, which is that he's essentially a cult leader, that he's, you know, he's always been a cult leader, only it's that cult had been confined to his family and friends before, and now it's, you know, the whole country. Well, anyhow, Christopher Bowsey, who is the founder of the bot tracking platform, Bot Sentinel, Thor Benson writing about this for Business Insider, says that uh, they have found thousands of bots and trolls using hashtags like uh, Reopen North Carolina or NC, Reopen America Now, Stop the Madness, End the Shutdown, Operation Gridlock. They're spreading conspiracy theories. The Democrats just, you know, are trying to hype the coronavirus to make Trump look bad. That uh, Democrats are trying to take away people's civil liberties. That they're trying to prevent people from voting. These accounts, these bot accounts are using lies and false data to promote these ideas. The head of this bot sentinel company says it's likely that foreign actors are looking to foment chaos in the United States. He says these are very similar activities to the gatherings and protests that were organized and stoked by the Internet Research Bureau, the Russian actors, during the 2016 election and believes that this disinformation is being spread by trolls and bots and also by useful idiots here in the United States. He says, empowering violent extremists is a very old method for collapsing unstable nations. Wow. So is that possible? Would it be the billionaire oligarchs coming out of, the, out of Russia and the former Soviet states? Could, could the Saudis have something to do with this? We know that they helped get Trump elected in a big way. And now, you know, uh, Middle Eastern actors bailing out Jared Kushner, giving him a billion dollars uh, to deal with his failed 666 Fifth Avenue building. It's amazing. 
Donald Trump says the, uh, this is a verbatim quote, as he was getting on Air Force One, a reporter asked him something, and he said, the people of our country should think of themselves as warriors. Our country has to open. So Trump is telling you and me that we should think of ourselves as a warrior. This guy who ignored the coronavirus for months, didn't do any planning, didn't do any preparation, then he threw responsibility for it to the individual states and their governors and told them that they're on their own. And now he tells you and me that we're supposed to be soldiers? Like soldiers who are willing to die in battle? A battle that he doesn't want to fight? Really? I mean, all of Trump's efforts are now being directed toward the money machine of the economy, turning that thing back on for his billionaire buddies and for the stock market, because he thinks that's what's going to get him reelected. And he's willing to sacrifice the lives of literally hundreds of thousands of Americans to accomplish that. How is that not something on the order of mass murder or at least mass manslaughter, killing by neglect? And he's betting that we will be willing to go along with him and be essentially drafted into his army of warriors who are willing to die to help him and his billionaire buddies. Really? Did you volunteer for this draft? Are you willing to die to get Donald Trump reelected? I'll just say right off the top, I'm not. (laughs) Oh, man, this is insane. David in Spotswood, New Jersey. Hey, David, what's up? Hey, um, I was listening to your guest, the mental health expert, who was, you know, yeah. answering the question whether it's Trump supporters. Yeah. And I'm always looking for answers on how to, because I deal with, I, I think 80% of my graduating high school class, I'm a white man in my 50s. I deal with Trump supporters almost every day. I'd like insight on, I, I mean, the fact that, that Donald Trump could get reelected means they haven't changed, despite God knows what's happened in the last three years. And they still haven't changed their minds from what I can see. I mean, down the street from me, I'm in central New Jersey, is a, a Trump flag and a Confederate flag. And I find it offensive wow. knowing what happened in Georgia and in Michigan. I, I'd like to go up to them and try to talk to them and ask them to take it down. I think we have a responsibility to do that to the victims. I'm just beside myself. I mean, I, I have the members in my family. We're, we're all beside ourselves when we hear him speak. And, and he's a victim of, you know, the, the Fox News and the other right-wing radio. I yeah. heard about the uh, woman who wrote about her father being brainwashed. But I think, yeah. I think Jen, that Jen the rest Sikola. of us need to stand up and do something. And I don't think they're the most courageous people. A lot of them are really scared. Oh, yeah. Fear is one of the things that very much drives cult members. And breaking people out of cults, and thank you, David, for setting that up, breaking people out of cults is really hard work. One of my very closest friends, in fact, I was just talking to him a week or so ago, he lives in Israel now, used to work with Ted Patrick. He deprogrammed people. They would kidnap, this was back in the 60s and 70s and 80s, they would kidnap people who had been taken into cults, these really toxic cults, kidnap these kids back out of the cults and then deprogram them. And sometimes it took them weeks to deprogram them. You look at what happens when a cult takes over the nation. The two most clear examples that we have of that in you know, the history of the last hundred years are Japan and Germany prior to World War II. And you had this emperor worship cult in Japan that uh, Tojo rode you know, all the way to invading China just consider the relative sizes of these countries. 
and that Germany road to taking to conquering virtually all of Europe. The Nazi cult and the Japanese cult, the emperor worship cult, the sun god cult, the only way that those cults got broken was by being utterly defeated in a war and then having the horrible crimes that they committed, the rape of Nanking in the case of Japan, among other things, um, you know, the, the comfort women in South Korea, I, I mean, just the horrors that Japan inflicted on Asia during World War II being exposed and causing people to go, holy cow, we did that? And then in Germany, people seeing the footage of the liberation of Auschwitz and the other camps. And that was the moment when the cult was shattered. It takes a lot to shatter or to break people's adherence to a cult, particularly when there's continual reinforcement. And that's what Fox News and Right Wing Hate Radio provide on a daily basis, is reinforcement. You are a member of this cult. You need to stay a member of this cult. Anybody who says anything bad about this cult is lying. Here's, you know, I mean, this is, this is nothing more than cult indoctrination. It's very straightforward. So anyway, uh, enough of that rant. <laughs> Jake in Seattle. Hey, Jake, what's on your mind today? Hey, Tom, thanks. Uh, in regards to how we got here with these Trump supporters, you know, you look at the campaign that he ran in 2016 in his platform, and you said it many times, you know, he says, I'm not going to take away your Social Security. I'm going to invest in infrastructure. The Bernie supporters and the Trump supporters have a lot in, in common as far as their common goal. But where the Trump supporters different is this other epidemic that's in America, affluenza. And we're guilty on the left of this as well, is when we see these people who we perceive as super wealthy, uh, we just assume they're corrupt. You know, we're, we're so cynical as, as a country that, of course, Donald Trump's going to make money off being president. Wouldn't you? What's the old saying? Behind every great fortune, there's a great crime. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and since we have accepted that as a truth in this country, we can accept Donald Trump for his corruption and focus more on his hand-waving and excitable nature. You know, oh, man, it's so much more fun to talk about that. But the reality is we're getting ripped off. You know, the media is focused on this guy clowning around. Well, he's doing that. He's got his left hand reaching in your front pocket, and his son-in-law is taking your car keys and your wallet out of your back. And so, you yeah. know, this is where the focus should be. And that's how these Trump supporters don't see it as an issue. Is They say, well, of course he's doing that. He's rich. So that, that's yeah. the way I see it. Thanks, Tom. There's a great piece I read today about Mazars, the accounting firm that Donald Trump has used. Actually, his father started using this group of accountants that ended up being, through a couple of acquisitions, ended up being part of this larger company. They've been basically lying for Donald Trump all these years. He, he would tell the IRS that he was broke and he had no money, which is why he doesn't want his tax returns released, so that he didn't have to pay taxes. And then he would tell his investors and the world and the newspapers that he was worth billions and billions of dollars and insanely profitable. And in fact, what he told the IRS was probably closer to the truth, which is that he's been flat broke since the 90s. And he was only not flat broke prior to the 90s because he was able to use this accounting firm to illegally move $500 million out of his father's estate into his own pocket, he and his sister. And his sister, when this news came out, when the New York Times did this story, his sister was a federal judge. She had to resign to avoid being investigated, you know, under the Judicial Code of Conduct. And she's old enough to retire now anyway, and, and she's very, very wealthy. She actually kept that money from her dad and invested it. Donald Trump didn't. He, he pissed it away in dozens of failed business ventures. But people, nonetheless, believe that he's rich 
And somehow in America, we've got this Calvinistic notion that riches mean that somebody is either really, really brilliant, you know that Mark Zuckerberg, he must be a genius, Bill Gates, yeah, IQ of a zillion, or they're blessed by God, right? I mean, this is the Billy Graham thing, you know, Billy Graham taking 800 grand a year out of his charity while he's running TV ads to get you to call his prayer line so that he can get your name and address and email address and beg money from you for all the rest of your whole entire life. This is the scam that these guys are running, is that somehow they are either brilliant or noble or blessed. And frankly, in my opinion, great wealth doesn't indicate any of those things. It probably, more than anything else, indicates a certain level of cunning and willingness to bend or break rules. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So every week we do a special video for supporters of our program. It's available over at TomHartman.com, private video. And this week I'm talking about the relationship between Donald Trump and Fox News. Trump's recent liberate these states with Democratic governors tweets, which seem to be actually calling for like armed revolt or asking his crazy followers to send some pipe bombs or something like one already has to Democrats. Um, he did that two minutes after watching a Fox News segment basically saying the same thing. Fox News is programming the brain of the president, and their programming was you know, basically developed by Roger Ailes to infuriate people. You know, the, this outrage as a way of holding people so that they can sell advertising. And it's doing harm to our republic. You can check the whole thing out, the whole new video over at TomHartman.com. Tom Harbin here with you and Jose in Toledo, Ohio. Hey, Jose, what's on your mind today? Well, on the question whether it's a, a culture or something else, well, I think it's a combination of things you know, that Trump is running. Or really, it started back among the Reagan time. They say all these things that Americans like to hear that make them feel good about America, like back in the father knows best days in the 50s, you know, and 60s. Mm -hmm. That makes them feel good, and they recite all these jargon, along with it being a cult. America, like, believes work hard and make a lot of money, and you're successful. And I think it's a combination of all of those things, along with I'm an educator, and I'm always beefing on how education has been dumbanized almost, particularly in social studies. None of the things that are really mentioned that are really crucial to, like, a democracy and the struggle. And so people aren't aware of this, they don't understand, and it feels real good for them to just join in and be part of this Make America Great scam. You know, great for who is the question. I guess that's it. Oh, by the way, I've enjoyed several of your books. While we're not having school, I've caught up on my reading. And great books. Thank you. Thank you, Jose. Thank you. Thank you very much for the call, too. Robin in Kingston, Washington. Hey, Robin, what's up? Hi, Tom. I just wanted to confirm an observation that you made uh, earlier today. The reason I can confirm this is that I work the streets all the time, and I haven't stopped now because I do this alone. 
last Wednesday, Thursday, Friday up in uh, North Kitsap in Washington State here in the county, I ran three individual civil information events in, su- in support of Earth Day. And so clearly that brings out when the at busy intersections. And so people, the Trumpsters drive by in their high-rise pickup trucks. And I will tell you, since I, I track this down a lot, that the numbers of Trumpsters are dwindling in comparison to, you know, even when it was busy. In other words, I do the, the ratio, and so. Uh, so, Robin, is this like you're you're standing down. on the street corner with a with a sign that or or something like that? No, I'm talking about Earth Day, and people drive by and they either what give you a thumbs up or give you the finger kind of thing. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, that's what it is. I have two large banners and six or seven other stand-up signs, and I'm continually taking a response from that. And I still get very, very positive reactions overall, but I get the occasional reaction from the Trumpsters. And so I have a pretty good mathematical understanding. And you said this morning that you're seeing their diminishing in numbers, and I'm confirming with you that that indeed is the case. Now, I'm, I will say this in sort of a pejorative fashion. What I am seeing is that the average Trumpster who is still responding, it's making the IQ quotient of that group go down. In other words, I think there's some information that is slowly penetrating them, although I am a proponent of ignoring them all. So the middle class Trumpsters are are going away and they're being replaced by, by economically distressed Trumpsters, shall we say? Going away, Tom, are the ones who have higher... I'm going to guess intellectual and reading and thoughtful skills, okay? I'm going to say the mid-40s. They're all men. They're all white men, occasional white women, okay? But in general, I'm seeing that the group is, is retracting into, into more like the, um, the white male supremacists. Robin, thanks for that. It's great to have a, actually a Gallup poll going on on the streets of Washington State. That's, that's spectacular. Robin, thanks so much for the call. Doug watching us on uh, Twitter Live. Hey, Doug in Oregon here in Portland. What's up? Hi, Tom. Um, well, I was waiting online, so I'm glad, I, I'm glad you got to me. I wanted to say happy birthday. I wanted to say thanks for educating me over many years. Um, I also was listening, of course, to the last conversation, and several things came up for me. One is you were talking about the epidemic, how scary it is, how strange it is, how upsetting it is. And I got to say, I was wondering whether we were talking about Donald Trump or COVID, because they both feel like epidemics to me. Yeah, a pestilence. You know, it's, yeah. it's like the question for all of Trump's evangelical supporters. Have you noticed that when you put a guy who constantly lies, who's who's an adulterer, who, uh, you know, robs people, who rips people off, who's a hustler and a con man and a grifter, when you put him in the White House, suddenly we had a plague? Yeah. Anyway, that's a, that's a question yeah. for the evangelicals. Daniel in Katy, Texas. Hey, Daniel, what's on your mind today? Hi, Tom. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I just want to share about always I follow you, but uh, when I hear what's going on here in the United States, uh, I'm, uh, I can't stop thinking what happened in my country, in Venezuela, 2000, since Chavez took power. Because even though this society is more educated than mine is, like, I can see the same 
things happening. For example, the way Trump is dividing society, like in my country, we cannot sit anymore in the same table talking about anything. People hate each other so much about politics. That's what's going on right mm. now. And then every yeah. time I see Trump and I see people like I was looking and through the media and like I see that they don't have any more people from the other side. Like they have only people from their own side. And that that work. You know, keep in mind, the resistance in Venezuela was largely funded by billionaires in Venezuela, in the region and in the United States. They fund these right wing movements and they're doing it here in the United States. And now there's a big question of whether this this attempted invasion of Venezuela was organized by right wing billionaires in the United States. Looks like it might have been. This is just like, you know, one of the really tough things. Luis in Apple Valley, California says you disagree with me, Luis. So you go to the top of the pile. What's up? Hello, Tom. Uh, the reason I call this shit, you know, to defend Mr. Trump all the way. I'm Hispanic, you know, I come from Mexico many, many years ago. I'm an American citizen right now. And I'm telling you, the people of the United States do not appreciate they have the best president ever. And I'm talking ever no, since we have, we have the worst president ever. Well, to me, it's the best. And I'm Hispanic, you know. He's I incompetent, Luis. No, 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 no. It's the best president. Don't tell Why me Why is he putting lobbyists you, in charge of agencies instead of people who know what they're it, doing? It, it, Why is he shoveling money to he his do, buddies and his cronies? This guy is the most corrupt country. president we've ever he had. Did, Go no, ahead, Lewis. Never. Corrupt Obama. He was a corrupted president and all the Democrats. That's why I never vote for one Democrat. I'm calling Democrats because that's exactly what they are. Corrupted Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer. They are the ones. These guys should be right. up, put in jail and threw the keys away. What's the basis for this? Give me any one fact, it's one piece it's of factual it's information. Because I, have a I tried to sense. present you with several. You know, I have a common sense. Nobody watched my brains ever. Oh, you have common you sense. Know, nobody okay. watched my brains. All right. If you want- Louise, thank you for sharing your common sense with us. Eric in Erie, Pennsylvania. Hey, Eric, what's on your mind? I've got a, a proposition for the Democrats who just seem to not want to ever take off the softest gloves that are available when they step into the octagon. Bare so what's the proposition? The proposition is that they feed Mr. Trump's point to the virus having been unleashed on us from a Wuhan lab. So, so okay, Mr. Trump, that's how it went down. And you're a wartime president. Guess what? As a commander-in-chief, you failed. So wherever... Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. You failed. Uh, I am with you, Eric. I I think that's a good point. Joel in uh, Portland. Hey, Joel, thanks for listening to X-Ray FM. What's up? Hey, Tom. uh, I just wanted to let everybody know that yesterday I came upon some set of numbers that has been misrepresented. I think somewhere out there, it came up on a text thread with some friends. There's a discrepancy in the CDC numbers of total deaths in the U.S. I had sent a text out that said, hey, 70,000 people have died. And someone sent back another a screenshot that showed the CDC numbers as 45,000. They said, oh, hey, they've actually revised that number. A quick search of that website showed that that data set is actually the medically coded deaths. So these are uh, right. where there's a name and a medical history connected to them. So, and it, there's, a, there's, of course, an admission on there that they're about one to two weeks behind. So if you're seeing someone saying on Facebook or wherever you're getting that sort of info from that the 70,000 number is false and it's actually 45,000, 
that's where they're getting that number from. So, just right, and that's one of the places that they're doing it. And this, and expect to see, by the way, Donald Trump is going to join this chorus any day now. But this has been all over Fox News now for four days. It's all over right wing hate okay. radio. And what they're saying is that the numbers are padded. In fact, I had a couple of people tweeting this at me yesterday. The bot Sentinel, they have discovered that there's a whole bunch of foreign bots that are promoting this idea that the, pat, that the right. death numbers are padded. It's really not as bad. Don't worry. Get out there. Open the economy. Make the billionaires rich again. Stock yeah. market is going up on this news. But it's a lie. It's just an absolute lie. And in fact, as the New York lie. Times has documented, uh, state after state that has high levels of COVID also have high levels of deaths, unexplained deaths, unattributed deaths, people dying in their homes from strokes and heart attacks that were originally listed as strokes and heart attacks. But why is it that all of a sudden the number of strokes and heart attacks has exploded only in those areas that are also having COVID infections? It's not anxiety. It is COVID showing up as right. a stroke, COVID showing up as a heart attack. It doesn't always show up as pneumonia. And, uh, and now in kids, we're seeing it show up as you know red eyes and, and sores on their toes and extreme lethargy. And we don't know what kind of damage it's doing to these children's nervous systems, but it appears that it's doing that. Um, and you know, get ready, Joel, because this is going to be the next big battle. You've got Florida right. covering up their numbers, refusing to release their death numbers so you can't compile anything. I'm, I'm guessing that more red states will follow in Florida's lead. Pretty soon it's going to get harder and harder to get access to those numbers. Trump has basically shut down the CDC. We're not going to hear from Fauci and Burks again in any meaningful way. He is saying he wants the economy back the way it used to be by November so he can get reelected, period, full stop. And everybody who is afraid of him and everybody who wants his love and attention is having to salute that particular flag. And that's why you've got Doug Ducey in uh, Arizona, Mr. Goofball, just kind of going along with it. And you got Brian Kemp down in Georgia, who the guy who stole the election from Stacey Abrams going along with it. And you got Ron DeSantis, you know, covering up the deaths of people in Florida, refusing to say where the nursing homes are. I mean, it just goes on and on. These guys are grifters. And their latest grift involves the death of 70, 70 80, 100,000 Americans. And, right. And, hey, Tom, uh, Tom one just, more thing before, just, one more thing. I know I'm going to have to go, go ahead, here pretty Joel. soon. But I want to say that all those people are out there, they're doing all that, and you have the, everyone out there who's listening has contacts among their friends, and they're seeing this stuff being put out there. You know, maybe people aren't buying it all the way, but they're putting it out there. It's actually really simple to refute this stuff. All you have to do is look past the headline and do some simple searches of the author's name, the filmmaker's names, any of this stuff, and you can come back to your friends with actual data, and you can change their minds. Well, hopefully you know, the problem isn't isn't so much our friends because we have access to them and we can help change their minds. But that's where the problem that's where it is, that's is this full right wing media machine that's reaching people that you don't know. And it's reaching into large places where there are large pocket of people with with no progressives, no liberals, no Democrats in the area into the red states. I mean, basically what they're doing with false information and lies is they're tearing America apart. I predict within a week. You're going to hear right-wing hate mongers on right-wing hate radio and on Fox News saying that when you see somebody out with a mask on, you know that person's a liberal, which is like, in other words, that person is a target for your rage and your anger and for you to spit on and for you to harass. And it's already starting to happen, Joel, and it's going to get a whole lot worse. Joel, thank you for the call. Spot on. David in Clearwater, Florida. Hey, David, what's on your mind? Thanks for listening to 88.9 FM. 
absolutely. Hey, Tom, uh, I just wanted to offer a different perspective. Uh, I'm a real estate appraiser that goes into houses every day for well, a lot of people want to take advantage of the low rates or they need money because they're at home hurting. So we have a really high volume of going into diverse homes. And uh, roughly a little over a month ago, you know, I'd wear the protective gear and some houses, you, you could pretty much walk up and buy their facial reaction. You knew what their news, news outlet was. You know, some people are appreciative. Some people you could see the other reaction. About two weeks ago, three weeks ago or so, you saw more of the country kind of, all right, we're in this together and more people, similar reaction across the board. This past week or so, I don't know if it's because of what they're seeing what's happening in Michigan, but to the point you're making earlier, some of these people, it's now they feel it's their opportunity to protest. You, you, we go to some homes, they're thankful, but more and more, there's people who complete disregard where there's people sick at home. They're not even informing us that they're ill. Yesterday, people literally laughing in my face. They're not wearing a mask, but they're just mocking me. person following me out to my car as I'm trying to remove myself from the situation. So it, that that is starting to happen. I, two days ago, praised the house with nine people in it. There's not supposed to be nine people in the house. You know, None of them were wearing protective gear. And again, laughing, mocking whatever. So I'm at the point now where I've told the lenders I'm going to be out of protective gear and I'm going to stop doing this because I have frail family members that I can't put at risk and I don't want to get my clients sick. So I feel I'm already starting to see exactly what you're saying. Some of those people are taking it in their own hands and they're starting to judge us wearing a mask. It's not that hard to wear the protective gear. It's not that hard to do the things we're supposed to do. But for some reason now they're making it a struggle and then taking it as their opportunity to protest. So definitely seeing that happen. Yeah, they think they're owning the libs when in fact what they're doing is putting their lives at risk and and they're doing this because they watch fox news and listen to right-wing hate radio yep that's so sad that's so sad david thank you for that story i'm saddened I'm, to hear I it i appreciate what you guys I'm did not surprised. yeah thank you yeah. Tom. thanks a lot david good hearing from you one of the heads up that i want to share with you is this covid19 infodemic on facebook where all these stories about how you know the deaths are overstated and just go back to work and it's just like the flu etc etc look out for this stuff on facebook and on other social media when you see it reported because this is a crime against humanity i mean it's just absolutely terrible thanks so much for being with us today we'll be back tomorrow same time same place in the meantime don't forget democracy is not a spectator sport it needs you and progressive media needs you to tell your friends if you can be a little contagious, right? Spread the word about progressive media. Infect somebody else today. Tag, you're it. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.